Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now well hello slurds i've got a little announcement for you the Cheers to Comics podcast is now proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. And what is NSCLiveTV.com? I'll tell you. It is an all-around comic book channel. Yeah, it's a, you go to this website, NSCLiveTV.com, and you're going to be given all of these options in different channels. Uh, for instance, the Cheers to Comics podcast, I believe, is channel 34. So, yes, there's there. Ah, we're one of the first podcasts on there, but uh, as far as other comic book needs, everything from live auctions to uh, other distributors, and I mean, it is an all around comic book website for collectors and enthusiasts and readers alike. So, once again, Cheers to Comics is super stoked to be affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com, and I, I think you should check it. I don't think. I don't think. I know you should go check it out. Uh, links are all in the description, but yeah, it's easy. NSCLiveTV.com. Your home for the best in auction action. Well, hello again, Slurds, and welcome back to the Church to Comics podcast. I am your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 58. This week, I will be raising my glass to the books that were released on the 27th of November 2019, as well as talking about other things relevant to the world of comic books. So, full disclosure, this is a spoiler-based podcast, uh, but I have prepared you for such occasions by leaving timestamps in the description, so if there's something that you're not quite ready to have spoiled for you yet, or you just want to completely go into it without any any of my insight at all, then bam, I leave you the means there. The other thing I gotta warn you about is, on account of how uh, uh, non-refined my, my uh, linguistical palate <laughs> may be, I say a lot of unfiltered uh, bad words. Bad, bad words sometimes. So, if you've got sensitive ears, you've been warned. Um, without further ado, let's talk about comic books just a little bit. Uh, this is my first recording since Thanksgiving, so, been fun. Uh, big stuff happened last week, the Rob Guillory Creator Corner episode went up. I'm very, very, very excited about that. Uh, and it seems to already be leading into to, to bigger things for this podcast, so uh, very, very grateful for that. If you haven't heard it, 
go back, listen to it, listen to all of my coverage on Chew, and yeah, there's that, that happened, and then, of course, yeah, it was, it was a great fucking week. It was a great week. I've got some big and <laughs> some big stuff planned for these the the, the month of December, y'all. Uh, as soon as I'm done recording this podcast, I'm gonna start getting all prepared for another creator corner. We're gonna have Charles Stickney on the podcast this month. Uh, Chuck Brown <laughs> is coming on the podcast. If you're not aware who, of Chuck Brown, you you're gonna be. Because this guy is a big deal in indie comics, and and uh, yeah, he's gonna talk about a Marvel project that he got in on too. So that's something to get excited for this month. Uh, I'm on the line with a couple of other ones. I don't want to, you know, until dates are official. I'm not gonna say any names, but I will say that we got some more Marvel Marvel creators coming on. Some some a fella that, whew. I've talked about quite a bit this year, quite a bit this year, may in fact be my my book of the year writer, I don't know, I'll tell you more later on, so a little bit of anticipation to, to lead into it. As far as news goes, let's talk a little bit of news, um, hmm, uh, Frank Miller pissed off China, so that, 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 yeah, that's going on right now. Uh, apparently, they don't like the term "golden child." <laughs> that, uh, his, his his DC's ad they put up may be kind of reflective of some propaganda, pro-democrat type of situations. I don't do politics, so this is all uh, Chinese to me. Good ums. But uh, <laughs> no, I I don't know. I just think it's I think it's hilarious that. The, the 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 Chinese are pissed off about an American comic that may or may not depict something that I I don't I don't fucking know. Uh, fuck you, China. Uh, so, all right, that's that's the news. Um, let's get into some overviews. Good stuff this week, y'all. Uh, I will say this is probably gonna be a shorter podcast because, uh, yes, admittedly, you know, I did take some time on Thanksgiving, take some reading time. And uh, put that actually towards eating. So I was I was one of the fat Americans that I was bitching about <laughs> a couple podcasts prior to uh, Thanksgiving. So yeah, um, so a little bit of my reading time was carved out, but at the same time, there really there really wasn't a very thick stack. So yeah, I do apologize if you're expecting a 90 minute podcast out of this. It's probably not going to happen. But, uh, yeah, there's other stuff to go back and listen to to fill to fill your day, I promise. Let's get on with it. So, these are the books that were released on the 27th of November, 2019. I'm going to start with DC Comics this week. We've got Detective Comics. Detective Comics, number 1016. Peter J. Tomasi, Doug Mankey, Tyler Kirkham, Christian Allmay, Keith Champagne... Mark Irwin and David Baron, covered by Mankey and Baron. All right, we've got more Mrs. Freeze action. This <laughs> Detective Comics after this week has solidified my my back and forthness of whether or not it is currently. I mean, it's easily the best Batman book out there, but I think it's the best current DC run going on right now too. And let me tell you all about it. All right, so. 
uh, Batman and Mr. Freeze have teamed up at this point, and they both have a common interest in taking down Nora, Mrs. Freeze. Lex seems to think that uh, Nora's mm, uh, way of thinking has been disrupted because of the serum that Lex gave him, allowing her to become, a, you know, a, alive again. But her noggin's all, all fiddled with, and that's on account of part of the serum that Lex gave to uh, Victor. Uh, it had something to do with this B zero experiment, and that was Lex Luthor's uh, a, a failed Lex Luthor project back in the day when he was creating these uh, Kryptonian clones. And yes, everything about it was unstable, but nevertheless, here you go, Victor Freeze, figure it out. Uh, meanwhile, Nora, she's at a museum just fucking shit up. But Batman and Mr. Freeze, they show up, and <laughs> Doug Mankey's art in this. I just, I, Batman's uh, Sub-Zero suit, I don't know what you call it, uh, above-zero suit? Uh, I, I don't know. It, it's badass. <laughs> it is. It's super badass. And seeing the two of them together, whew. You're gonna, I know, I'm talking about visuals on a podcast. This is why you go get the book. You know, I can only provide so much of this stuff. That's why I feel comfortable doing these overviews without spoiling it for the creators taking any of the, the oohs and ahs out of it. You know, there's still a lot to enjoy without me uh, spoiling it for you. Anyways, continuing on. So, Batman, he's got this thermal rope, kind of reminds me of the Lasso of Truth a little bit, but he's got it all over Nora, and Freeze is like, hey, no, motherfucker! And, well, uh, in the most Victor Freeze of fashions, he goes back on his word against Batman, and he's like, nah, you know, I, I know I said that, you know, I'd help you team up, and I'd, we'd, you know, I'd turn myself in as long as I could be in a cell next to her and convince her, and blah, 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 but... Mm, psych. Uh, what's actually gonna happen is I'm gonna take her and I'm gonna fix her myself, so... Peace out, Batman. They take off, and Nora Freeze, she... You think for a second, she's like, oh shit, you know what? I think that was pretty cool of you, Victor. Uh, I don't know why she's southern right now. Uh, but... She, she kinda goes in, looking like for a kiss, like, okay, we're, we're gonna figure this out. Bam! Stabs him in the motherfucking neck with his own serum and well at this point he's warming up he's warming up real good that's not a good thing and well essentially he's dying and she says look <laughs> as long as you're around I'm always gonna be a prisoner of your love I, I did almost fall for you right now like that was that was uh it's not how I want to roll I just want to be this evil doer and you're trying to make me all straight edge and not killy and I don't like that my noodle's all messed up. <laughs> uh, he's dying, she gets away, and Batman shows up, because that's what Batman does. You know, he's, he may have gotten frozen or whatever, but he's got super not-freezy suit. So, I think that's what the suit should be called. He gets freeze to safety, but unfortunately, in a turn of irony, he's in a... Uh, containment tube, just like Nora had been for all of these years. So, he's alive, but is he? Man, this is, uh, <laughs> this is crazy shit. This is crazy, crazy shit. 
I'm telling you, this is the best ongoing DC book out there. Uh, the next best ongoing DC book out there, though, and it does go back and forth, but as of this week, this is what it is. It's Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond number 38. Uh, Dan Jurgens. Oh, shit, I didn't write down the... Uh, uh, Chen, Parsons, and Sotomayor. Sorry, I didn't get the first names written down on that one. I just kind of dove right in. I got all excited on my notepad. And uh, let's see if I can make out the signature on the cover here. Uh, mm, Elizabeth. Something. Ah, shit. Sorry, y'all. But fact is, it's an amazing book. Got the the mystery of the who is the Batwoman. The Neo-Batwoman. Last issue, Matt and Bruce... They both had their own uh, hypotheses, and let's start with Bruce. He thought it was for sure it was Barbara Gordon, so he meets her on you know the commissioner. Yes, she's the commissioner in Neo Gotham now. Meets her on the roof, and it's pretty well established. Uh, no, she ain't it. Wrong, Bruce Wayne, you wrong. Meanwhile, Matt he goes and visits his his lead, the person that he thinks is most most likely to be Neo Batwoman, and that's Melanie Walker. Or uh, I think what was she ten? I think was her was her hero name, uh, anti-hero name. So yeah, uh, no, not her either. So <laughs> uh, now it comes down. To, I mean, they still don't know who it is. Yes, the speculation is is that it's Nightwing's daughter. Don't I forget her name? But yeah, and at this point, yeah, all the more reason to believe that is the case because the two most likely suspects have been told no. Meanwhile, what the fuck's happening with Terry? Terry, he's just uh, slumming around with this street rat girl, and on account of he doesn't remember anything because Falseface is dead, and Falseface had Terry's face, and when he has someone's face, the the the, the person whose face is uh, being taken over by false face loses their memories so there can't be you know two people that even though they may look alike they're not necessary they they don't have the same type of yeah so that's what's going on there he doesn't have his memories he's cruising around with this this homeless girl that steals you know she's she's female aladdin uh but in neo gotham and uh barbara she tracks down terry because, you know, he doesn't realize why, you know, he's being tracked down. But Barbara's like, oh, shit, there's that mustin' motherfucking Batman. Uh, so Terry and, oh, what's-her-face, they run away. And then we realize that old what's-her-face is more than just some street girl. She actually has connections to De- uh, Derek Powers, who is the former head of Powers Tech. Uh, also m- known as Blight. And if you know anything about Blight, Blight is the motherfucker that killed Terry's parents. Ooh. So, yes, Blight breaks into the Batcave. Batwoman responds. <laughs> I think uh, in the next issue we're going to find out who Neo Batwoman is. Because she is in the Batcave. She's tri- Yeah, she's, she's going after Blight. Uh, Bruce and Matt are like, oh shit, someone broke into the Batcave. And then they see on the security cameras, oh, that's Batwoman. Why is she breaking in here? And Bruce says, no, I think she's responding to something worse. And then that's when we get the Blight is alive. Because Blight was thought to be dead. And, hmm, yes, great, great book. DC is killing it this week. It's absolutely killing it. Let's uh, let's keep this DC, DC going. Let's... Let's move on to Shazam. 
Shazam number eight. Now this book, <laughs> it's back. It's you know it's it's been behind, but boy is it back. Jeff Johns, Scott Collins filling in on the art here. Michael Atea doing the covers. Dale Eaglesham and Michael Atea doing the cover though. So. Uh, Eugene and Pedro, they're all up in the Wiz Underlands. And no, this is not a Bonix. That's what it's <laughs> that's what it's called, the Wiz Underlands. But while they're in the Wiz Underlands, they're realizing that you know they have this weird uh, creature chauffeur of sorts um, showing them around and explaining, look, you're powerless right now, and the reason behind that is because uh, there's a disturbance in Billy's heart. And when that happens, yes, the other people whose powers are connected to him are going to be tampered with. Well, he also explains there's seven magic lands, and we're going to need a seven champion. You know, we've got, uh, who do we have here? Let's see if I can, we've got Mary, Billy, Eugene, Pedro, Darla, and Freddy. Cool, I did it. But who's the seventh? <laughs> we're going to find out in this issue, y'all. So... Uh, th this is all being explained. And, you know, we need, we need a ruler of the Magic Lands. Meanwhile, what's happening with the bad guys? The bad guys, we've got uh, Dr. Savannah and Black Adam. They're kind of teamed up, and they know that Billy's dad, you know, they're stalking him in the distance and shit. They know that he he's, he's the key to uh, something. <laughs> he's the key to something. Well, uh, while he's, Billy's dad's out wandering around, you know, he's kind of sad that he doesn't think Billy wants to be there, you know, but it turns out Billy, he's, he's busy. He's down in the Darklands, and he's looking for Darla and Freddy, and before he meets Darla, Darla and Freddy, Billy runs into the Ghost of Champions, and that's a, oh, that's a whole little kind of thing going on within itself there. Once again, stuff you're gonna have to read, but so fucking interesting. Well, um, back to Adam and Savannah. Uh, Black Adam doesn't necessarily trust uh, Dr. Savannah at all. So this is where Mr. Mind steps in. And Mr. Mind is the brain behind this whole scheme being plotted out against Billy and uh, Billy's dad and, yeah, all, all of this stuff. Well, in order to kind of ease Black Adam's uh, reluctancy, he says, hey, uh, here are the seven sins. And if you're not familiar with the seven sins, there are these uh, oogly-boogly creatures that all represent, well, the seven sins. Uh, see the Shazam movie. And yeah, well, so now Black Adam, he's, he's got the seven sins. Crazy shit, if he wasn't powerful enough. But, at the same time, we also realize within these pages is that uh, Mr. Mind's still being a little fucking prick, and he has ulterior motives, and bleep. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, uh, Adam, Black Adam, he, he does get to Billy's dad. He's tracking him down, but uh, Billy shows up, and he interferes. And in doing so, uh, Billy's dad, he's like falling from a building or something like that, and Billy yells out, say the magic words. And he's like, what the fuck's the magic words? He's like, Shazam, and he says Shazam, and then boom. Billy's dad gets all Shazammed, and he becomes the seventh champion. And <laughs> God damn, this is setting up some good shit. I, I'm, I think it's perfectly fine that Jeff Johns is taking 
uh, a while on this on this story because uh, the stuff it, it resonates so well. I don't have to go back and do any rereading. There, there's he does such a good job of uh, reminding us of you know what we should be retaining, and it's easy to retain because it's well written. You know, it's uh, I'm loving all of this stuff. I think Shazam is. You know, I said way back in the beginning of this podcast that Shazam is one of my most recommended DC books, and I still stand by that. I think this book is amazing. So, yeah, that uh, I had three DC books this week. It was good stuff, man. It really was. I'm I'm excited to talk about Marvel now, though. There there are some Marvel books that. <laughs> oh yeah, let's let's do this. We've got Avengers. Avengers number twenty-seven, J or Legacy two or seven hundred and twenty-seven, if that's how you count it. All right, Jason Aaron, Ed McGinnis, Mark Morales, and Jason Keith on the art team. Ed McGinnis and Val Staples did the cover. Uh, I know, I know, I know. Uh, after the last Avengers issue, I said, I might skip an Avengers arc, despite the fact it's Jason Aaron, and, you know, I don't really have any interest in Starbrand and that whole whatever, and the weird history caveman lore thing really threw me for a loop. So I thought, meh, I'll miss one. But when I see that this is actually the beginning of the arc, and that last issue was just kind of a prelude, I thought, okay, it's Jason Aaron. I should give it a shot. Well, <laughs> as it turns out, it's Jason Aaron, and you should be reading this arc, because despite my lack of interest in Starbrand still, he knows how to write an entertaining comic book. So, let's let's get on with this. Uh, Avengers in Space. This is what's happening. There's been a signal detected, and Captain America believes it to be linked to the Star Brand. So we've got a guest, uh, a guest Avenger, got a lover, uh, Black Widow. So <laughs> yeah, um, this is Black Widow in space. I fucking love this man. With the, she's an Avenger again temporarily, and it's very you know she she establishes this is not going to be a permanent thing. I like that Jason Aaron keeps bringing in temporary Avengers. You know, I'm not going to lie. I thought Blade would have been gone a long time ago. Not the case. He's lasted, uh, well, fucking uh, 7, 20, 27 issues? <laughs> Something like that? I'm not sure. I don't I don't remember if he popped up in the first one or not. I, I really don't. But I think he popped up in 700. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Fact is... Uh, is the dude knows how to bring in a <laughs> make a new Avenger and bring in a bring in an old Avenger and make it seem interesting. So yes, Black Widow, she's on this mission. Go to space. Well, they get to this prison and the is you know where the 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 signal was originally detected. And when they get there, you know you see a few days have passed and it's not necessarily going as smoothly as planned. Our Avengers are all split up on different teams doing different things. Uh, we'll start out with our She-Hulk and Thor. And this... <laughs> so, they get all brooded. Yeah. Yeah, man, so the brood are taken over here. This is, you know, you gotta know what the brood are. This is a bad, evil creature thingy. It's a whole... Yeah, just... just Wiki it. Google it. It's worth a Google. 
But yeah, no other brood are taking over. So now we see a brood Hulk, brood Thor, and <clears throat> scary shit. Well, uh, Captain America, he's 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 struggling. You know, he's trying to get the team together and put, you know fight the 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 will and all this stuff. You know, and shit's not going well up there at all. I still don't know where the fuck the the, the the star brand thingy came from and yeah. Well, meanwhile, Captain Marvel, because she's an Avenger now, she went off and she did some old thing and, and by the by doing some old thing, I mean she stole the Star Jammer ship. So now she arrives and just in time to to save everyone as the brooder really starting to fuck shit up. But the coolest thing about it all is that uh, in order to get the Starjammer ship, she, she went into a white hole. And in doing so, she went binary. So now her head's on motherfucking fire. So she looks like Ghost Rider and shit, but like well, a white fire? It's fucking nuts, man. What is a white hole? What is a white hole? Is this a... Mm, oh, I'm going to go on a weird rant. Never mind. Uh, so her head's on fire. <laughs> trying uh, to 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 make sure that Captain America and his human ass is all alive. Meanwhile, there's still more Avengers to talk about. Yeah, I know. Blade's still a thing. He's around. He's around. Robbie Reyes, he's back. He had a little arc down in hell. Thought that was going to last longer, but instead, you know, it's, I'm, I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's back. But Black Widow. So they're all rolling around in the Hell Charger in space. And they're being chased by something. And the thing that they're being chased by is a motherfucking Silver Surfer. The motherfucking Silver Surfer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Dude. <laughs> I was gonna skip this book. Fuck. I still don't... I mean, yeah, granted, they didn't really mention the Star Brand much once they got into it, and they said this is the mission, and it's just fail, 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 fail. And I think I respect chaos in comics. I do. You know, just like when it's a big snowstorm and I see people trampling over each other to get, you know, for the the, the last uh, quart of skim milk, because that's all that's left. I, uh, I enjoy that. So, watching the beloved Avengers scramble for their lives on so many different levels, you know, they're losing not as a team right now, and, I don't know, it's just the, the weird, cynical side of me. So, hmm, Avengers, highly recommended, still. Who's gonna skip this? Jesus, I'm such a fucking idiot. Keep it going. Keep it going. Uh, Fallen Angels, number two. This arc is called, or issue is called Shoto, from, still from Brian Hill, Simon Kurdansky, so you're reading it for that alone, Frank Dormada's uh, colors on Kurdansky's art is mm, so good, Ashley Witter did the cover, alright, uh, so <laughs> I, could, I could actually explain this one pretty quick. The good thing about this is that there's a lot of art to enjoy. The story in itself, it's it's very well told, but it's it's you know one kind of thing happening over 20 pages. I don't know. That doesn't. Uh, so essentially, what's going on here is Psylocke or Quanon now has been separated from old Beth is with X23 and Cable, and they're searching for Apoth or Apoth. Uh, I don't, I don't know, but yeah, searching for this guy, and this, you know, they they have reason to believe that he's the the guy circulating this overclock, which is his weird tech drug, and yeah, he's bad. Well, Cable has this lead on an island called Sal Mateus, 
and he thinks that Apoth has a bunch of kids there, uh, hor- being, you know, fucking manufacturing this shit for him. Well, for whatever reason, Psylocke says, uh, uh, we're, we're not gonna do that, we got, we got bigger leads to look for. I thought, I was like, oh, okay, I'm fucking cold-ass bitch. <laughs> right on. Well, she goes into some weird, you know, she has a bunch of the flashback sequences, I guess, of her as a younger age. Then all of a sudden she gets a change of heart, and next thing you know, we've got Psylocke and Cable and X-23 on the island of Sal Mateus, and they, you know, okay, all right, I get you. Let's let's do this, you know. Maybe them, maybe not fuck those kids. Uh, <laughs> maybe we help save those kids, cause I was a kid once, and yeah. Now they gotta face down a giant machine thingy. So, <laughs> I'm I'm digging it, man. I'm digging it. It's uh, I I think of all of so far out of all the 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 X Men books out there, the X titles. This one seems the most self-contained. The other ones seem to all be kind of weaving in and out of each other. But this one, you know, I can't really think of any anything in here that... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Mr. Sinister's in here, and that's kind of what sends Quanon into the, the, the flashback sequence, if I remember correctly. But uh, other than that, I mean, I don't think that's, that's enough to say that, oh, you had to read something else to understand why that is. I mean, as, really, as long as you read House and Powers, I think you can... Get what's going on in this book. And these are really all characters that weren't even in House and Powers, so... Yeah. I don't know. Fallen Angels. Cool as shit. Uh, another Dawn of X book. We've got X-Force number two. Uh, Alright. I-, I dug this one. I- I- uh, Benjamin Percy, Joshua Casara, and Dean White. Dustin Weaver did the cover. I thought I was going to drop this one. I wasn't sure how attached I was to the the, the the first issue, even though the team seemed very interesting. In the long run, I thought, well, mm, this might be a slow burn, and then bam, they killed Xavier. And I thought, okay, <laughs> that changes some things. So, uh, going through this, I mean, these these books are very dense. If I were to go through every bit of detail, keep in mind, you know, it's, I'd, I'd bore you for one, and I still like to leave, you know, some some shit to surprise and imagination at the same time. But uh, the, the major touching points here, is in the beginning we get a dialogue between Magneto and Jean Grey, and Magneto, well, he's rushing Jean. Uh, you should, you know, be trying to save Xavier, because without him, this is, uh, is going to be a weird, weird type of mecha that we just created, and he's kind of the, the spine behind it all. So, or, I mean, really the brain, I guess. So, well, yeah, we get that dialogue. So, I, well, essentially, we're kind of, you know, how do you, how would I put this? They're confirming the fact that Xavier is dead uh, again, you know, in, in this book. I mean, the, the, yes, if you're reading the other books, they've con- confirmed it, but not in this series. So, I guess they do kind of make sure, yeah, I guess. They do make it so you don't necessarily have to be reading these other books, like a, the tangent I just went on a second ago. I guess it depends on who's writing. I don't know. Well, anyways, we, we have a uh, a suspect as to who who killed Xavier and even a possible how. So the Reavers, they're these, these bad 
people. <laughs> and they, you know, as far as the how goes, they think maybe they infiltrated the Sokovian Treaty Ceremony. And maybe there was a false plane crash with some false identities maybe reported. And that provided a distraction for them to get in and maybe shoot Xavier in the face? I don't know. Uh, did he get shot in the face? No. No, he was actually poisoned. Uh, some, like, cakes or crackers or something, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, so now let's get to the team. The team, what's going on with the team? We've got Wolverine and Sage and Black Tom. Black Tom Cassidy. Well, they get to where Domino should be, because originally their mission is to get to Domino, because she's missing. You know, she got captured by this weird cultist, blah, blah, blah. Well, when they get to where Domino should be, uh, Sage and Black Tom have this uh, person of interest all tied up, and Wolverine goes to jump on him, and he's going to, you know, stab, torture him. You know, the classic claw until they talk scenario. So, uh, Sage and Black Tom don't think that's a good idea. Wolverine says, well, bub, if, you know, you don't like it this way, I'm gonna go f figure some shit out the other way, because this guy's not talking. And me being Wolverine, I'm gonna go to the science -y place and maybe try to figure some shit out, because that's what Wolverine would do. So, Wolverine goes to the science -y place, but guess who's in the science -y place? Someone that actually belongs in the science -y place. Somebody already on the case, Kid Omega. Uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Quentin Quire himself. So he's in the lab, and we get the fun dialogue between the Wolverine and the Kid Omega, and yeah. Um, meanwhile, you know, I realize that Phineas Hook is the person that Domino was after, and you know, Phineas Hook is this weird hacker guy, and yeah. Well, while they're in there getting this information, uh, Omega and Wolverine, well, fucking, they're attacked by these weird uh, human experiment things that were in these containment tubes. So they're running away, and uh, Omega's finding that somehow his powers are dampened while he's in this facility, and that's not good when you need to fight. <coughs> so, um, yeah, well, while they're running through there, they find Domino. And that's super cool. But the thing is, is that uh, she's also all fucked up in a containment tube of her own. And uh, not looking so domino-like. She looks kind of, mm, how you say, skinned alive in certain parts of her body. It's fucking gnarly, man. Or maybe, I don't know, that's that's what it looked like to me. It looked like muscle tissue was exposed. Because that's what the things that are, you know, the human things that are attacking Wolverine and Kid Omega look like. Fucking pretty horrific, man. I dig it. I dig it. I, I didn't think I'd be into this book, and it's turning out to to have maybe one of the stronger of the issue twos out of all of them so far, I think, as far as story goes. Uh, definitely the biggest bounce back. That's for damn sure. So uh, I'm, I'm going to keep going with X-Force. That's for sure. Let's, let's talk about the last Marvel book of the week. We're talking Venom... Venom, 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 number 20. This is the last little bit of the absolute carnage story. Donny Cates, Ibon, Coelho, Zay, Carlos, and Rain Barreto, covered by Kyle Hotz and Dan Brown. All right, so this is a whole lot of maker. And uh, before <laughs> I get into the story of this, I gotta say... The maker without his helmet, that's not just a fancy helmet, y'all, in case you aren't aware. Uh, that's actually the shape of his fucking brain. 
I mean, he is a Reed Richard from an alternate universe. And that we will get into very shortly. Because that plays a huge part of all of this. So, uh, Maker, he's having this dialogue with something. You know, it's kind of like a force projection of some sort. And all you're seeing is goatee and beard. And he's going on, and he's... This is this is big. This is a big uh, realization about the symbiote universe. Uh, so Maker, via surveillance footage, sees Dylan uh, exercising his abilities, and by abilities, uh, that's psychically de- demolishing a little carnage symbiote creature thing with his fucking brain. Uh, psychically, so. <laughs> Uh, he finds this interesting and starts and, and you know he realizes that throughout all this the you know the history of symbiotes the the the, the uh, respawning or spawning I guess if you will has thought to be completely sporadic and random. Well, uh, it, Dylan's little um, fit, if you will kind of puts things into a pattern and maker realizes that these these new symbiotes being born are it's not out of randomness it is out of um uh, it's it's a protective thing they they do they spawn out of protection when they sense a threat boop they birth a little baby and yeah uh, so Dylan is some weird hybrid thing. They don't still doesn't know exactly what he is. He, you know, Maker realizes he's special, but also realizes that he popped up, or you know, he got his powers right around the time of a major threat, possible threat coming about. So you know, and he thought maybe Carnage was that threat. Uh, little does he know, it's probably Noel is the reason why. I don't know, man. This is. This is it still leaves a lot to question, but at the same time gives us a crazy insight as to <laughs> Dylan is a is a badass motherfucking character, and he's he's a lot bigger than just you know being Eddie's son. That's for sure. So, well, uh, Maker is it's revealed who he's talking to. Maker is talking to the the Council of Reeds. And, you know, you get a bunch of reads from a d- bunch of different universes, and they're explaining to Maker, look, you know, you're going to be on this council. Uh, you know, none of us have ever failed, so we're really kind of counting on you. And what are they counting on him for? Well, uh, Maker has synthetically formed his own symbiote of sorts that's so going to allow him to go into or go through this traverse time, I guess, and go into his own homeworld and restore all that. So, yeah, he's trying to restore all the homeworlds of all the reeds, I guess. So that's what's going on there, but a symbiote somehow is going to be involved. So that's how that ties in. So I I find that to be really, really cool. I'm not sure... Yeah, I... Fuck, there's so so many cool things that this Venom... This whole Venom Donny Cates world is spinning... But beyond all that, we go we go over to Dylan and old Eddie. And essentially, you know, we, we get that realization of the father moment and it's it's all heartwarming and yeah, uh Eddie he's kind of preparing he's warning everybody, look, I it may seem like everything's hunky dory right now, but I did do something very, very selfish and I chose my son over the world and Nola's coming, so y'all motherfuckers better be getting prepared. So yeah, that's this is Venom. 
<laughs> this is Venom. I fucking love this book, man. It is still still one of the best Marvel books out there. Top two for sure. Top two for show. So that's that's all I got for Marvel on my uh, overviews this week, y'all. Um, I do have an indie, though. I have a single solitary indie book to talk about. Philadelphia, number one, Rodney Barnes, Jason, Sean, Alexander, and Luis NCT. Covered by Jason, Sean, Alexander. Alright, uh, well, this is a, a number one quick overview. I can, I, I will say that the story and the manner it's told, uh, in, in which it's told, is very poetic. And it all ties together very nicely from beginning to end. But if I were to sit here and try to discuss the details with you, you would unsubscribe to this podcast because there's no way I can do uh, Rodney Barnes's writing any justice. I mean, without going verbatim and being a professional voice actor of such, because it is it is a very strong first issue. But essentially, this is what you need to know about this book. We've got this family of detectives. We're in this new generation. Uh, they're the, the youngest generation of detectives, and the one that believes, you know, his father's dead. And, you know, how and who and why and how, what is all part of this this very intricate story and being told in the first issue. What's going on here is this one particular detective is investigating some murder scenes. These murder scenes are all invi- involving these very crazy bite patterns. And, you know, it's bite patterns of, uh, you know, a human mouth. So, you know, if you were to read the synopses, it mentions vampires and whatnot, but, you know, it's a human mouth. These aren't werewolf bites and goblin bites of any, you know, it's not even zombie bites for that matter, because they're just bite marks. They're not taking hunks out of anyone. So, yes. Well, uh, throughout all of this, they're discovered in these human corpses with these bite marks. We've got some yellow fever going on here. The yellow fever. Well, uh, this this is this is rare. This is big news. This is not good. Well, um, yeah, this is uh, this is what's going on here. This yellow fever is kind of maybe going to be the catalyst to this vampire outbreak. Because if you're flipping through this book, you see all these, I I don't know, these vampires are definitely involved. And, you know, I I know this is a spoiler-based podcast, but a lot of times on these uh, indie number ones, I do try to leave a lot to the imagination at the same time. Because, you know, I mean, you you gotta read this stuff for yourself. And Rodney Barnes, uh, to my recollection, this is the first time I've read his work, and I gotta say... Uh, wow, <laughs> really, really good. Uh, Jason Sean Alexander. I mean, if you're not familiar, <laughs> this Spawn. He's been doing motherfucking Spawn. How are you gonna be doing all this books, Jason Sean Alexander, and be doing them so fucking good? You're killing it. The covers, the colors over top. Luis NCT. Yeah, this is this was a great, great indie. I know there was only one this week. It was a thin stack. But, uh, yeah, that, uh, that wraps up my overviews, y'all. It was (laughs) good stuff, good stuff for sure. Before I get on to the honorable mentions, I'm going to refill my, my coffee mug here and leave you with this. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parley Hour Podcast. 
Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoGirlParleyHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and Parlay Points, our companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. All right. I'm back. I'm back. Let's get on with these honorable mentions, huh? These honorable mentions. What's an honorable mention on the Cheers to Comics podcast? Well, I'll tell you. If you're not familiar, this this is not necessarily the stuff that falls uh, below par or anything like that. This may be stuff that I couldn't find enough talking points about to fill two or three minutes. Or maybe it's just something I'm kind of waiting to collect. Maybe I got it out of speculation. I don't know. But these are the honorable mentions, and I'm going to start with the indies. Rick and Morty, Dungeons and Dragons, Chapter 2, Issue Number 3. Uh, yeah, this this story's still fucking incredible. Jim Zub's killing it, and... Uh, I mean, I don't know what to say. <laughs> this is... It, it, it's great. All of these crazy Ricks that Rick created are invading... Morty and Summer and Jerry and all of them, and yeah, shit's getting fucked up. You gotta love it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Now, I'll tell you why I didn't read this book. It's because, for whatever reason, there's the shop only ordered cover, or didn't have enough cover A's. I got my cover B. Very, very grateful I wanted, I got cover B. And I'll talk about that later. But I've also stated that on this particular book, I will not be fondling it on account of how shiny it is. So, And I'm not going to read this book digitally. So I've got to wait for the, the cover A's to come in for me to get caught up on Power Rangers. Because, like I said, I'm not touching this book. Uh, I'm not going to wear gloves. <laughs> and I'm not going to read it digitally. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a shame, because I'm really interested in what happened in Power Rangers, because I'm finally starting to understand the Omega Ranger situation, so, mm, what are you going to do? Uh, New Mutants. Yeah, New Mutants. Probably not going to continue on with this one. Uh, I, I didn't even make it into the first page. I just opened up the first page and seen that there was enough dialogue there to, to I mean, fill two pages in a novel, to be honest, and that's that's not comic booking to me. Do I respect it? Yes, I do. But, I mean, beyond everything else, this team doesn't do it for me at all, so I don't think I'm going to be continuing on with New Mutants. I'll be reading the, the cliff notes on that one. Basket Full of Heads from Hill House Comics, Joe Hill. Number two, killed it. Love this book. Uh, we finally got to see some axe swinging, but, it you know, there's not a lot of dialogue at all. It's it's told wonderfully. I think it's true horror comicking, and I I fucking love it. Leo Max art, Dave Stewart's colors, beautiful. Uh, yeah, definitely sticking with basket full of heads. Uh, Sandman Universe, John Constantine Hellblazer. This is now a black label thing, no longer Vertigo. So, well, you know, I I I went through it. I'm lost. I'm not gonna lie. I'm very lost. But you know, at the same time, to be fair, I don't read Constantine ever. So I don't, I didn't know what I was getting into, but yeah. 
So, um, I'm gonna maybe try another issue. I want to read a Constantine book. I want to read more Sandman Universe stuff, but... I don't know, maybe I'm gonna be getting my Constantine out of Justice League Dark when I finally get caught up with that. Hey, look at that perfectly rounded, uh, non-planned transition. Justice League Dark number 17. I don't know why I stopped reading this book. I still buy it. Still collect it. I think I fell off issue number 10 or something like that. But it's not that I wasn't enjoying it. It was just a, an arc that kind of lost me for a second. And then I just kind of never made my way back to it for some reason. I'm not sure why that is, but that's what it is. Martian Manhunter, number 10 of 12. Uh, well, you know, I'm going to... I'm gonna read it all when it's done. I'd hope maybe I'd do a, a, a two-part trade negotiation on it or something. I'm not sure, but I'm very interested with this. I've been buying all these issues, so I plan on reading them eventually. Ooh, I just realized this is Martian Mindhunter. Hmm. Hmm. Fight Club 3, issue number... Uh, what is this? Uh, 11. Yeah, almost over here. Chuck Palahniuk and Cameron Stewart are very confusing. <laughs> this is another one of those things. I read the first few issues, and with this one, I was completely just lost. 100% lost. None of this made any sense to me. The only thing I recognized was Darla and her sluttiness. But beyond all that, yeah, I don't understand the, 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 the painting and the dog and the anything else at all. So I'm hoping that if I were to go through and read all of this in bulk... Maybe I can get a trade negotiation out of it and a proper explanation or maybe some understanding myself. I don't know, but I don't really see a whole lot of chatter about this book for me to to, to you know, get anything or any insight from anyone else. So, I don't know. It's Chuck Palahniuk, so it's going to be pretty mind-melting. Second Coming, number five. I believe this is the end of uh, first arc, and if that's the case, it's time for me to crack this open. I've I was very very interested in the <laughs> in this series when it was coming out, and it arrived late to the shop, and it didn't become relevant for me to talk about it on the podcast. So therefore, it didn't become a priority for me to read because it's hard for me to read books that I'm not going to talk about that week. So unfortunately, it just kind of fell off the radar um, as far as you know the scheduling for me to read it, but. But I do have all of the issues, and I do have every intention on picking it up because it has been recommended uh, and praised highly to by those that have read it. That yeah, know my way of thinking. That's for sure. Seems like a Brian book. Uh, Rick and Morty, number what is this? Fifty-six. So Kyle Starks' sixty-issue arc. Kyle Starks' sixty-issue arc. The arc of Kyle Starks' sixty-issue. Uh, uh, I fucking ruined it. God damn it. I thought I had something there. I almost wrote a Rick and Morty Kyle Stark jingle. Hmm. Alright, so that didn't happen. But uh, this this number 56 did. So go out, get you some of that. Uh, I, I don't... I, I read Rick and Morty every once in a while. I try to collect as many issues as possible. Uh, just because, you know, I, I, I do enjoy Rick and Morty. But, yeah, you know, the comics... I don't know. Uh, I mean, that sounded terrible. They're just not a priority, you know. It's just, it's it's very much Rick and Morty, you know. I mean, I don't know how to explain it. You want a Rick and Morty story that hasn't been shown on TV? Then open up this comic. It's very true to the characters, the writing, the humor, all of it. So, bam. 
And, uh, you know, that that does it. That does it for on our world mentions. What do you know? So, kind of a thin stack on that end as well. Good stuff. You know, not all of it is stuff I'm reading. Some of it I pick up just because. But, yeah, I've already explained all that. Those are honorable mentions. Let's get into the wall books. The wall books. This is the stuff that I pick up strictly because of the covers. You know, I like to, to decorate Studio Cerebro here with a lot of comic book art. I do appreciate... The, you know, the, the the covers just as much as the story and the, the interiors. You know, the, a lot of times the covers, you know, I say don't judge a book by its cover. Well, that's not the case in comics sometimes. Most of the time. You know, a lot of times people pick up books just because they're badass covers. So, uh, without further ado, I've dedicated... Dedicated? Too much coffee. Tone it down on the coffee. I've dedicated a <laughs> segment <laughs> to such... Uh, instances I call wall books. So, Scream, Curse of Carnage. There is an Art Germ variant on this. Art Germ killed it on this cover. I dig it. I, I did attempt to read the book, but I realized that I still don't care about this character. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I couldn't get interested. It has nothing to do with the creative team at all. It was still cool interiors. There's nothing wrong with the writing. Uh, and from what I understand, I missed a pretty badass ending, but Regardless, you know, you still got my money, and I, I get to appreciate a cover. So, uh, I, I wish Marvel would do more, you know, kind of trade dress free, if you will. I don't want to say virginized or whatever, you know, like DC, but, you know, a little less trade dress and make these a little more wall bookable. But, yeah, still, this, this, this cover's done well enough, and the trade dress is placed well enough to where it could still easily look purdy on my wall. Fuck, this looks good. Come on. Um, and then, yes, a book that I've already touched on. It's about time that we get the Zack Foil cover. Mastodon. Mighty Morphin motherfucking Power Rangers. This, this, this is great. I've got, I've, I have all of the Foil Power Rangers variants. I'm proud to say that. I wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a goal that I'd set out for myself. It just found that it just kept happening, and they were too good to not spend the extra money on every week. You know, normally I, I do buy two copies of the, the the Power Rangers books when these foil covers come out. And I'm still waiting on that cover A because I really do want to read the book. I am very interested, but I'm not fucking touching this. I'm not getting my fingerprints on uh, one of my most anticipated covers of the year. You know, I don't, he's not necessarily the last Power Ranger to be done, I don't think, but fuck, it's taken long enough to get a Zack, a Zack cover. Jeez, this is good. I dig it. I dig it. So those be the wall books, couple of books getting hung, getting hung up this week. So yeah, that, that does it for all of that. Let's, I want to talk a little bit about my most my most recommended books of the week, my top acknowledgements, my most praised. I don't want to say my books of the week, but at the same time, I guess when you really break it down, these are kind of the books of the week. You got three categories here. While on the topic of covers, we're going to talk about the cover of the week, and it is obviously Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and the Zack cover, because, whew, 
Pretty, man. Pretty. I mean, I've just been waiting so long for this cover. Yes, there were some bangers of covers. The Art Germ Scream cover's amazing, and even just beyond the wall books, there were some great covers. I mean, off the top of my head, the, the fucking uh, Fight Club 3 cover's badass. The, is this a acetate? Uh, yeah, the, I think the Justice League Dark cover, yeah, it's an acetate cover. That's really, really good. So, yes, nah, it's fucking great, great uh, shelf appeal, if you will. Uh, yeah, this is <laughs> good week for covers. Let's talk about interiors now. This one, this one was kind of tough for me, because I don't think anything fell short uh, interior art-wise, and uh, I don't know if anything really... Stood out. Uh, I mean, you've got your obvious picks. <laughs> I feel like every time Detective Comics comes up, it's easily Doug Mankey's art is easily in the running for uh, interiors of the week. And Simon Kurdansky, same situation. You know, his, his art is keeping me on Fallen Angels for sure. Uh, so, uh, I guess it would have to come between those two. In case you haven't noticed, I haven't uh, pre-thought out the art. I've been trying to decide, hoping that the answer would just come to me naturally. <laughs> By the time it came to this point, clearly didn't happen. Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to have the first ever, because it's my fucking show, my fucking rules, first ever tie between Fallen Angels and Detective Comics for Interiors of the Week. And this is Mankey and Kredansky. You, you sh good on you. You guys can share the participation trophy. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. It's, you, you read both the books. Bam. How's that for a recommendation? Um, yeah. Uh, and, but my overall story of the week? Yes. There was all, uh, mo the majority of these were so so good. I mean, Venom was amazing. Philadelphia was poetic. Uh, Avengers was the surprise of the week. Uh, Detective Comics, duh. Batman Beyond, duh. Uh, X-Force, uh, I'm very grateful for. But that leaves really just one left from the overviews, and that's Shazam. Uh, I, I, thought, I, I still believe that this, this book is just fucking top-notch Shazam. I never thought that I would be so into this character. And, I, you know, no, it's not the movie that got me into this character. Uh, by the time the movie came out, I think there were five issues out already. And being that this is only number eight, it gives you an idea of how delayed this book has been. Because <laughs> that movie is long out. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's, I mean, it, I feel like um, uh, Jeff Johns is, he really kind of mapped out the script. For, I mean, at least for a sequel to Shazam, that's for damn sure. I think this is the, this is just a perfect comic book on all levels, uh, everything from art and beyond. I mean, yeah, the overall isn't just about story; it's just about the most recommended book of the week. So that goes to Shazam. So good on you. I don't care how late you are; it's told well enough to where I, you, you don't miss a beat. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And uh, you know what? That wraps it up. That's what I got to talk about, y'all. There was some great stuff this week. Some great stuff. I hope you got some reading done while you were stuffing your face. And, uh, yeah. I would like to remind you to support this podcast. Uh, you do so by becoming a patron. 
be a patron and oh good things happen several tiers to choose from starting at just a dollar for a buck uh, donate a buck a month a buck a month send you stickers and exclusive content now see this is the cool thing about patreon i've got exclusive content that i'm loading up that only the patrons can get and you know it's a lot of time it's just early stuff and at this point uh with the way the recording schedule is going there's going to be a bunch of stuff that you may not hear for free for two or three weeks uh after it's recorded just because you know i don't want to break the schedule i have right now and overload you with weekly episodes, so, yeah, <laughs> uh, there's some incentive to become a patron, and beyond all that, I mean, you get my appreciation for sure, that's, I mean, it's, uh, I, I really do, it means the world to this podcast, uh, you know, the, the, the more, uh, patrons we can get, the more content I'm able to produce, and the higher quality that content can be, and I'm proud to say the quant, <laughs> the quality of the content is, or at least the guests, for that matter. I've, uh, I'm so grateful for. Uh, if if you don't have the extra scratch to get together, I get that. I totally get that. Life is fucking expensive. Uh, but I do appreciate your time just as much. And leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts, five-star reviews, do amazing things for this show. Please leave uh, those reviews. And uh, by doing so, it helps, you know, boost up the podcast and the rankings and whatnot. So, yeah. One, and then just, you know, good things happen from there. Beyond all of that, uh, there's also Podchaser. Podchaser, you have the ability, podchaser.com. You have the ability to rate, rate, rate and comment. Jeez, spit it out, Brian each individual show. So if you have all that type of time, just see what Podchaser's about. You know, I could go on and on and explain what it is. You're going to have to see for yourself because it is unique and uh, badass. <laughs> it's badass, especially if you're a podcast enthusiast. Uh, you you got to get on it. And I have to thank NSC Live TV uh, for for getting on board with this show. Uh, I... I, it, I yeah, <laughs> nsclivetv.com, No Signal Comics. You slurs better get on it. For I mean, if you guys are looking to buy comics of all ages, they <laughs> the, the the best in live action comics, man. It is it's amazing. And now they're starting to branch out with the podcasts, and then you know, there's not just uh, auctions and whatnot. There's so much more than all of that. It's all things comics, you know. There's links to other uh, distributor affiliates that they have, and all of the good deals that go on and all that. So yes, you're you're gonna get on this website and uh, you're just <laughs> bombarded with so much different content, uh, charity events and stuff. So if you're feeling charitable and want to keep it in the world of comics, oh man, get your heart all warmed up on NSC livetv.com ah so nerds slurds that does it it's been a podcast you read responsibly cheers fuckers